welcome our listeners to the Southwest Ohio Swimming Podcast. You may have noticed that we've expanded outside the Southwest Ohio in the last several months, but uh, today we're even going to expand a little bit differently. Now, if you've been listening to my last several podcasts, I've been doing a sort of a public service announcement. I'm not going to elaborate on it right here. We're going to get to it a little bit later. Now, the purpose of this podcast is to discuss, publicize, and share any and all aspects about swimming in Southwest Ohio and throughout the entire country. Um, now, we're not going to limit ourselves today. We're going to. This is a hybrid of all the podcasts we've done in the past. We have no idea. It's going to be wild and crazy here, so just hold on to the seat of your pants, people. Now, this is Old Coach Bill, my experiences as a swim parent, a high school swim coach, and a YMCA dry land coach, strength coach. Now, with me, I have my producer, Jonathan Profit. Go ahead. Why don't you introduce yourself, sir? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. I'm glad to have you here. Without you, we wouldn't exist. It's true. Once you're welcome. Your background. <laughs> you're welcome. Yes. Uh, I was. Uh, so I'm in high. You know, I started competitive swimming when I was six. You know, I swam for Wyoming High School. Um, went on to swim at Miami University. That's about it. Ohio <laughs> State champion. Swimming. Yes, I was a state champion in high school. Okay. <laughs> and coach. Uh, Todd Billheimer. I'm a coach with Mason Manor Race. I've been there since 2004. Uh, overall, I've coached. 25 years in Southwest Ohio. Yes, and this is Luisa Cerda, and I established a foundation in memory of my son, Jose, who was a swimmer for Sycamore High School and also a water polo player, and he swam also competitively for, for the Marlins. And I'm Jim Brower, a longtime Cincinnati coach, uh, former head coach at St. Xavier High School, longtime Cincinnati Marlin coach, and uh, I knew Jose as a Marlin swimmer. Now, again, let me back up a little bit. Today's podcast is an odd one because it's not about a swim coach. Uh, it's somewhat about an individual swimmer, but not the individual swimmer, but the impact that, that individual swimmer has had on, uh, I'm, I'm just going to center here in Southwest Ohio because that's where the, 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 pro, the program is. So he has had an impact on this program, but it, it came in a unique and somewhat unfortunate way, but it has... Uh, benefited many people through the, the development of the Jose Cerda Aquatic Foundation. Now, I'm going to start off with his mother, Luisa Cerda. Would you describe and talk about your son a little bit for us, please? Well, Jose absolutely loved the sports of swimming and water polo. Um, like I said, in addition to being a member of the Cincinnati Marlins, um, he was also trying to look for opportunities to compete. Um, he attended camps in California. Uh, water polo camps in California and use as many opportunities as possible to improve himself and uh, his teammates. Um, so when he attended the camp with Wolf Wigo in California, he pretty much came back charred up and he wanted to, through perseverance and uh, supporting his fellow teammates, improve the sport and um, enjoy it to his fullest. So. Would you say that he enjoyed it to his fullest? Oh, he did. Every single minute. And Just he, getting wet, period? <laughs> and he started swimming when he was five years old, and since then, pretty much he was always in the water. I mean, swimming in Ohio is very intensive, and you have to go practices morning and night, and even weekends, so pretty much there was no vacation time. It was all swimming and being in the water. Now, was he, would you say that he was there at the, essentially the beginning of, uh, um, of uh, water polo in this area? Absolutely. I mean, when my son was playing polo, there was nothing locally. That's why he talked to a couple of friends and ended up going to that camp in California. And this is why when I established the foundation after his passing, he died, unfortunately, on his 18th birthday. Um, he was 
uh, swimming at a regular practice with the Cincinnati Marlins. And I believe he died from an arrhythmia. Um, obviously, the autopsy, I mean, wasn't conclusive. And I did post-genetic, uh, post-mortem genetic testing, and it wasn't conclusive either. But I believe it was an arrhythmia. And after he passed away, I did try to create, with the help of many people, and this is why we have two key supporters here with me today, um, create camps, create clinics, create, I mean, things in Cincinnati that we did not have when he was practicing the sports. Okay. Now, to my left, you can't see me on camera because we don't have a camera today, guys. But to my left, I have a, a, a Jim Brower, who's the head coach of St. X for how many years, sir? Uh, quite a few. Quite a few. We'll, we'll go with quite a few. Yeah, I started there 31 years ago. <laughs> oh, thir oh, 31. You are still there. You're not the head coach, though, now. That's correct. Okay. Now, what is what was your relationship with Jose? Well, Jose was a Marlin swimmer. Um, so I, I worked with him in the spring and the summer outside of high school season because he, you know, he was not a St. Xavier student. But uh, I worked, I worked well, with him. that's a benefit to him. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> no, he was, uh, and I, I'll back his mom up. He was really, really dedicated. I remember when he got his first sectional cut. He worked so mm -hmm. hard to make make this time standard, and how proud he was that he finally made it. But I, you know, I just know him as a great teammate. He was a, a he was a friend of my sons. They were the same uh, graduating class, mm -hmm. and so I felt uh, extra special kinship there. Now. Um where was he playing water polo? Was he, that he was playing polo for Sycamore High School? For Sycamore High School, and okay. in the summer for Moose, which was a I mean summer club, but okay. that was pretty much what we had at the time in Cincinnati. Okay. Now since that time, it's expanded quite a bit. Absolutely, both. I mean, uh, water polo. We've um, we've brought uh, Tony Azevedo is a five-time Olympian for a camp in Cincinnati. I mean, I don't think he's been uh, to Ohio before. So last year he was here to teach a clinic. And for the swim clinic, what we've been doing and with the great partnership of Todd, and I would like for- We're gonna get to Todd. Yes. He's not, he's not gonna be left out. Okay, so, I mean, this has been a huge partnership because we've been able to get a swim clinic every year. And regardless of your club affiliation, it's open to everybody. So typically in the past, I mean, in Cincinnati, I mean, you were having those cl um, clinics that were hosted by clubs, or you would have the Feeder and Faster, or any other, I mean, uh, organization hosting them. But this is something that everyone who is even unaffiliated can participate. It's open to everybody, regardless of what club you belong to. Okay, now we're going to Todd Wilheimer, who is a coach for the man raised out of Mason High, uh, well, I'm going to say Mason High School, that's where, is the pool Mason High, considered Mason High School? It's the high school and community center. Okay, okay. Tell us about some of the clinics that have been run there. And um, tell us how long you've been with it. You've been almost from the beginning. Almost. I, I started helping with the clinics the second year. I was in the, that, that first year I was in it, we were down at the University of Cincinnati. Um, and then every, every year since then, it's been up at Mason. And we've had uh, Eddie Reese come in and, and do a clinic uh, from Texas, uh, Josh Schneider. Um, Dan Peter, Ketchum. Yeah, Peter Dan Ketchum, Peter Vanderkay. I mean, lots of uh, former national team swimmers and, and Olympians. Um, and the year Eddie was there, that was kind of unique because then he also spoke with coaches from, from the area. And, um, and we actually had coaches from across the state come in just to hear him talk for, for an hour. So, 
Now, as a high school coach, I usually get a flyer somewhere prior to the season about the clinic, and I pass that out to all my students. I'm not sure whether uh, who sends that out. I think it's probably some one of the people at the, 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 the uh, Southwest, Southwest Ohio, Ohio Coaches Association yes. take care of that. We've been, yes, yeah. we've been now, blessed by their support. Oh, yeah, they're very good. I'm trying to think. I lost his name, Johnson. I can't, can't yes. get his first name, though. That's terrible. I'm getting senile and old and forgetful. Now, how has this uh, clinic grown since, you, like I say, you're almost from the beginning. How has it grown since then? Um, well, we've had gone all the way up to a hundred swimmers at one point uh the past couple of years we've been down in numbers a little bit but the quality of the camp is is excellent i mean all, all the people who come in and and help you know they're either volunteers the uc swim team they come in and volunteer all day long um, some of them in the water some of them out of the water and then uh, a couple local coaches along with whatever uh, Olympian or uh, national teamer Luisa brings in. So um, but we, we were around probably 60 or 70 kids the past couple of years. That's not a bad number. Yep. Yeah. Now, um, the uh, let's go to the foundation. Uh, how how does the foundation get, the, get, get its funds? That's a great question, <laughs> Bill. That's a great question because obviously we rely on donations. To do our work, this is a nonprofit, and in fact, one of our biggest fundraiser events is coming up. is on May 18th, and I'm doing a little bit of promotion on that one because that's really where, through the silent auction, and the silent auction is uh, put together by schools. Okay. Schools participate by creating baskets, and also local businesses donate, and we put together those baskets. And the silent auction is one of our biggest fundraisers. Uh, obviously, the attendance is also important because that's how, um, through the uh, contributions of the people attending, we raise the funds that we invest back in the program. So we've been very fortunate that the Mason Community Center has been a huge partner. So we get pretty much, I mean, pool time without having to pay for it and that's how we can offer that at a reasonable price to swimmers but we have to pay for the Olympians the Olympians mm -hmm. are taking time from their practice I mean we've had people like Emily Bruneman that was some someone who came um, very accomplished open water swimmer mm -hmm. and it was through taught that we were able to make that connection so we have had also um, uh, rowdy gains right. uh, so to get him back here, I mean, he's taking time from a busy schedule, so we have to pay for all, all of that. And the way we raise the money is through our biggest fundraising event, which is happening, like I said, in May 18th, and throughout the year with the collaboration of our partners, I mean, individual donors, and I must say the support of the, all the swimming and water polo community. They've been fantastic. Do you know how much roughly you spend on the clinics since the beginning? Yes, That's about $8,000. Okay. The cost just to even do that without the cost. Like I said, I mean, we get a lot mm -hmm. of freebies. Credit to Todd, Mason, Manor Rays, Mason Community Center, City of Mason. So even with all those credits, I mean, it's about $8,000 to put a clinic like that. Okay. Now that's bringing people in and everything like that. Right. Because, I mean, we have a lot of people, um, like, for instance, M Mandy Commons de Sal, um, the, right. and I know you've had her in yep. your podcast. She's there. Yes. yes, she's been amazing to us in terms of making the UC swim team, making that a commitment. That's their volunteer commitment for the year. Good. And so that takes a lot of, I mean, resources that we would have had to pay to organize throughout the day. 
but you have nutrition speaker. Jim Brower was the key person to get us. I mean, the person, Don Weather, uh, what, I mean, she's been doing that for us. So we get a lot of different speakers and we get college coaches. Uh, we have a, a coaches session that uh, help uh, swimmers to really know how to uh, swim in college, division one, two, and three. So there is a lot of activity, not just the water uh, portion, there's classroom sessions as well. Now you also award scholarships. Yes, that's separate. I mean, we do that at the right, right. Uh, gala. Uh, the clinic is pretty much for the swimmers, for the parents, and even for coaches, like Todd said. During the gala, we provide a lot of service awards. In fact, Jim Brower was our last recipient of a service award. I mean, for all the contributions that he's done to swimming. Uh, swimming and St. X are a powerhouse in Cincinnati. Never credit to Yes, but credit <laughs> to people like Jim. So we want to make sure that that is recognized and we continue building that great work. The same as, I mean, the work that you guys are doing. You are creating the history of swimming. So credit to you guys for this podcast. Now, folks out there listening to me talk on the podcast, I've talked about the spot, I've compared swimming to a spider web, the interconnectivity of it all. The other day we had uh, uh, Coach Doug Dale from uh, Queens University on, and I didn't notice, but over, we had him on Skype, and over his left shoulder, who's your, who's your speaker this year? Oh, actually, Davies Tarwater. Yes, over his shoulder <laughs> was the cap Tarwater. And he yeah. had a picture of Davis with his gold medal, and uh, it's, I, I, wait, I'm seeing that. I think you, I think you mentioned that he was going to be the speaker at the yeah. gala, and he's like, "Well, I know him." I know him. <laughs> and he said, "Look over my shoulder here. There is a picture." I said, "Yeah." So he went ahead and reiterated uh, the uh, the uh, the your, sort of a little plug for your for the gala. Perfect. Which was very nice. But that's just that, like I say, that interconnectivity. Um, we're talking to this random. Not I shouldn't say a random coach. Nothing personal. Coach Doug Dale in North Carolina, but your speaker is going to be one of his former swimmers and Olympian. And that's precisely the point that we want to communicate today that everything is, is interconnected. So, people listening to this podcast, if you have an, I mean, you know, you get a hold of an Olympian that you think, I mean, you can bring him down to Cincinnati for the clinic or a coach or any connection that you think, I mean, you can help yeah. with. For instance, I mean, when we've worked with Frank Bush. Um, who is the national um, USA Swimming National Team Director, he provided a lot of autograph caps for us, swimming caps or pictures of the athletes. Mm -hmm. Like we can use for, I mean, uh, sale in race funds. So there are many ways in which people can contribute. And because we're so well connected uh, across mm -hmm. the nation and even internationally, any help mm -hmm. that people can provide can only make this better in the future. Have you worked with Scott Usher in the past? Yes, he's amazing. What was your what did he help out with? Okay, so the beauty with Scott Usher. Yeah, he was my college swim coach. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the way we connected is when he was in Miami University. Mm -hmm. He was an assistant coach there. Yeah. And somehow he was uh, looking for different opportunities, and he was um, doing an interview for the UC. Uh, head coach position before Mandy. Hmm. So that's how we connected. And since then, he's been a staunch supporter of this foundation. So he always sends me stuff, even now that he is, he's the head of the fundraiser for USA Swimming. Mm -hmm. yep. And even now, I mean, he never forgets that. So when he sees Pat Lansford or anyone, he sends me stuff, tear, yeah. whatever mm -hmm. items that he can get his hand on, he sends them down here uh, to Cincinnati. Yeah. And he used to come to the clinic. He was one of the people mm -hmm. teaching the clinic. He was a great 
um, brace stroker. Oh, yeah. And he knows a lot about this board. So it's nice to see that people who are at the head of USA Swimming are people who've done this sport themselves. That's why. And Scott Escher is also an Olympian. Yeah. yeah yes. He, yeah, he, yes. He's a great guy. Yeah, I'm and glad he's involved. Championships, I think, also. Yeah. Now, just as a reminder, people, the easiest way to do this is go to the Jose Cerda Aquatic Foundation. Google it, people. Google it. It's not that difficult. Now, it's a fifty-five dollar ticket for the, to go to the fundraiser. Now, now you're now you're not you don't live in the area. You're not going to come here. I don't care. Buy a ticket anyway. It's if you're listening to this, you're interested in swimming. Uh, recently, I went to the Hamilton play, and I could have. It would have taken several of these $55 tickets to buy my seat there. So don't be cheap out there. It's not that hard. Support swimming. Support this foundation. Now it's in this local area, Southwest Ohio, but it's a, it's a big area. It's a big swimming area. So don't be cheap. Don't be afraid. Go ahead and do it. And I'm assuming if you're not in the local area and you can't make the gala, you can still donate online? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, absolutely. I mean, gotcha. and all donations are tax deductible okay. to the extent, I mean, uh, allowed by the law. Right. <laughs> and um, we're happy to provide, I mean, we're a 501c3 organization. Um, we have all the paperwork with the IRS, so you are getting your money's worth yeah, because it's all it, run by volunteers. Yeah. There is no people getting paid in this organization. Okay. It's all volunteers. That means you can donate more than the $55 ticket if you can afford it. It's a tax write-off. It's a tax write-off, people. We all need those. It's fiscally smart. You should yeah, do it. It is fiscally smart. Yeah. Now, Coach Brower, you had, you were, uh, we were briefly talking before the podcast, you had some uh, um, recollection of Jose you might share. <laughs> Well, you know, I think his mom, you know, and moms are going to embellish oh. the, the spirit of their kids, but she was spot on. I mean, Jose always had a smile on his face. He was a great teammate, um, a joy to coach. Um, you know, I, I often think there's there's maybe between five and ten kids in my 30-plus years of coaching who really loved to be in the water. I'll include my own son in that group, uh, and definitely Jose. I mean, it, it was... He, he was just, he was a natural. So, um, you know, the fact that his mom has now picked up the passion of, of, um, of her son and keeping his memory alive like this, it's, it's really, if you get involved with any part of the foundation, it is so inspirational, so inspirational. And the number of people that could attend, that don't attend, or might not consider attending, I, I've never, ever been disappointed. You go to a clinic, you learn all kinds of things. You see people you haven't seen before. There's so many people in the swimming community that attend the uh, the gala, and uh, it's really an event you need to go to if you have any any interest or enthusiasm for swimming in you know in Southwest Ohio. Mm-hmm. Now the uh, Southwest Ohio is, is a rather unique setting, I believe, for swimming. Uh, I have I, this is a little off our subject here of the foundation, but every time I get a coach on here, I ask them why. So why do you think it's so it's so intense and such a special place for swimming? Uh, tradition, tradition. Uh, infrastructure, a lot of lot of lot of history, a lot of summer swim clubs that evolved into YMCA programs and club swimming, and it's just got such a long history in this area. Growing up in a part of Ohio that doesn't have this, you you can't. You can't really put it to words if someone hasn't been here and involved with it. Um, and we all benefit. We all benefit from the uh, professionalism, the the knowledge uh, and the traditions 
both in the YMCA and the clubs and the high schools and the, you know even the summer swim clubs. It's it's unbelievable. We had one, I can't remember who it was, but we had one guest on here who they believed that the Keating Auditorium there were ex practices and oh. the. Um, the exceptionalism of St. X and the Marlins was a big part of that culture in the area, and uh, the Keatings had a, played a big part in that. So. Well, I, I would I would have to say the Natatorium was built there by the Keatings at the high school because of the traditions, hmm. because of the necessity to, to have a facility like that. Yeah. The, the enthusiasm was there, yeah. and people were dying hmm. to be in the water. So when you, you say know, tradition... In the, in the winter... So when you say tradition, you mean the fact that it was so there was so much enthusiasm for the oh, sport. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So the, you know, you know the the history that you know I wasn't a part of, Pepsi Marlins, Coke Marlins. Mm-hmm. They they wanted a place to swim year round, and uh, fortunately they were benefactors with the funds to to put it together. But you know, Keating Natatorium and, and now is just such a well I want to say it's still a big part of of everything, but it, it's you know the it's unbelievable. You go to Y Nationals, Cincinnati teams are on the top. You go to, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of regional meet. You go to high school state meet. It seems like two thirds of the swimmers are from this district, you know. And yeah, you know, don't let that get out to Northeast <laughs> <laughs> Ohio. But, um, it's it's just a long tradition of excellence. Yeah, I think that tradition and that history of enthusiasm and excitement about the sport that reminds me a lot about Jose and his enthusiasm. And I think it is. And was, you know, students and athletes like him who are a big part of what make this sport so popular and exceptional in this area. So I think the foundation is great because it's uh, celebrating that. Now, there's no right or wrong answer. What's your thought on that, Todd? Uh, I mean, I, I would reiterate what Jim said. I mean, the, the history and tradition is is a big uh, component of why the dis- uh, Southwest District is so competitive. But I would also say um, that there are a lot of very competitive teams in the area, which um, that competition amongst all the teams uh, really drives um, the success of the district as well. Now, uh, Actually, you need to bring Todd and GM for separate podcasts because oh, I, on their I, own I, rights, I mean, like Mana Race has been having great success. I mean, in St. X, obviously, I mean, it's the powerhouse. So they by themselves cover is I mean a single podcast. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, that would be that would be great. Like I said, this is a hybrid. We've never done a podcast like this. We've never had this many people in a podcast. Uh, I don't we've, think we've ever had multiple coaches on at once. No, we have not had multiple coaches. No, we have you not see, there's that. always a first. Yeah. yeah. Now we have That's had right. mother and daughter coaches. Oh, so we have oh. had multiple coaches. Now, okay. Well, not but still mother and daughter, but you know, for the same team. Right. So that, that was unique too. But uh, the 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 program, the, of course, uh, I think it was Mike Leonard. Hmm. Maybe Dave Dumont. That Both was... of them came on and gave history of because they go. I'm not gonna say I'm Mike. I'm older, a lot older than Mike. Mike and gave not, a pretty extensive history. Very extensive history. Yeah. And I think not sure which one of them said that basically uh, Keating was built to be a, a USA training facility for USA swimming initially. Oh, really? Going way back. That's going way back to when it was us. built. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not that old, but apparently Mike is. Yeah. Well, I know they hosted nationals one of the first years it was open. Wow. Um, I, I've never heard that it was supposed to be like a center for USA Swimming, but you have to listen to our podcast. I think it was the very first one that Mike talked about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. intended or not intended, there were people that that uh, from the region, you know, two hundred fifty mile radius probably that that would uh, 
displaced themselves to come come down and train there. Yeah, Mount Mary T. Yeah, came. I'm going back. I can't remember the young lady's name, but she came from my wife's hometown, Marietta, Ohio. Um, I, I've lost. But she was Olympic gold medalist, but she moved down here to train with the Marlins. Mm. Yeah, that lost, was that was her name. Um, yeah, Keating was always my favorite pool for meets. The the, the noise in that place, yeah, so much fun. Uh, Classic is my favorite meet there. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you were you were a Marlin for about a year. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. water was too cold. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't do it. <laughs> Couldn't do it. I was like, get me out of here. <laughs> now uh, I have a question. I know water polo is competed quite heavily here in Southwest Ohio. Is it now a state sport? Uh, no, still, no, not yet. It's still a club sport. How many sports? How many more teams do we need? Do you yeah, what? Yeah, idea? what needs to be done for that to it's, happen? It's it's one of those losing battles in a sense because uh, if the state would sanction water polo, they would have a lot of teams. They would have the the critical mass. Yeah, the critical mass. They don't want teams would increase. They don't want the teams to increase. Well, they're saying when when there are. X number of club teams, then we'll sanction. Like we need you to sanction it first. What is the current season for high school? Uh, fall. Fall. Yeah. So that would not interfere. When does it end? Roughly. Oh, October. October. End of October. That you would can not do both. Swimming. You can do both. Yeah. Now, not everybody has a pool where you can actually. It's actually deep enough to train in, but I guess you could still do it anyway. I'm not sure how that would work. Have you guys coached water polo? I have. I played too okay. at Milford. So how do you do that in a, in a pool that doesn't always have the, the, the deep ends? The three and a half foot yeah. end. Yeah. You yeah. tuck your knees up in your chest and okay. do the best you can. <laughs> Whenever you're on you that side. Pretend like you're not using yeah. the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you're on that side, you have a real advantage. Because <laughs> yeah. when I was 10 at the old Fenwick Athletic Club, which neither of you guys have probably ever heard of, we used to play water polo, polo by just put, slapping down wet towels at both ends. But the one end was really shallow. It could have made, it might have been three feet but that's that's the old days. But it, so we it, uh, so we folks out there, if you'd like to also, if you're interested in water polo, or if you're you're in water polo, a parent of water polo swimmer, uh, it could pro- potentially grow like soccer has grown. Just look at uh, FC Cincinnati here in Cincinnati. They have their own. I don't think they call it a stadium. It's going to be a stadium. It's a stadium type I'm sure, whatever. Holds some thirty, forty thousand people. So it's soccer has grown tremendously in the area. From it didn't even exist when I was a kid in high school even. And so we need to. We want to build water polo. Also, it would. Uh, it wouldn't interfere with swimming. It would complement swimming, I do believe, because you know they get a little before the pre-season, pre before the swim season training in. Wink, wink. If your if your schools were to have it, is it possible so, for people who want to be swimming year round to still participate in water polo? Well, yes. it. Yeah, it depends who you ask. <laughs> and I, I'm asking the, the people at this a, table. <laughs> it's a that's a loaded question. Uh, if there, would you like to elaborate on that? Or? I, I so without in naming my, names. <laughs> in my experience, so every sport, it doesn't matter what it is, is becoming very year round. Yes. Right. So in that water polo and swimming, I know it's it's you're swimming, you're in a pool, but it is two very different right, right. Okay. two different sports. So um, that's where. The complications come in, mm-hmm. um, and and we've been lucky up in Mason. We've got kids. Um, I, I think why our team, um, the swim team, has been so successful is because we haven't had that uh, crossover. A lot of the kids who play polo do not swim, oh, that's um, and uh, you know most of our year-round kids do not play water polo. Gotcha. Um, 
But you can't. That's just at us. You can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So potentially it would not interfere with swimming if it became a year round. It's just a facility issue, maybe. Uh, well, facility is is tough. Yeah. I mean, it does. You you know, takes up the entire pool when you when you do uh, you know water polo practice or match. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. What does a water polo training look like? I know a lot about swimming, but I don't know anything about water. It really polo. depends on who's coaching it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, a lot of treading or how? The, I don't know anything about it. Um. It. In Columbus, Upper Arlington, mm-hmm. uh, they are, in, in my opinion, they're the, the, the overall best team in the state, usually year to year on the girls' side. Mm. Uh, when you talk to those coaches, all they do is swim. Oh, wow. They play they play polo for about 20 to 30 minutes in a practice. Down here, it's kind of the opposite. I, oh. <laughs> I watch more. I, I get to see polo practice because uh, Mason has um, a team. Yeah. And... They spend about 20 minutes swimming and the rest of the time so, doing ball skill. So, so which play down philosophy Cincinnati? seems to win in competition? The UA way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, Most times. The, the point being, if you, if you have uh, a coordinated effort, you could probably make it work. Mm-hmm. So if I were going to run a 12-month swimming and water polo and have complete control of it, and maybe this is just being a little egotistical, <laughs> Um, my swim, my, my focus obviously is on competitive swimming, but you know, there, there are times of the season and it's really when water polo gets started in August and September, where that's probably the, the one time where a lot of kids will have three or four weeks off of, of heavy training and swimming. And if you could, um, really hone in some athletic skills during those months, uh, and then become better swimmers. You could probably use water polo to make better athletes and better swimmers. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, um, when you go to, let's say, California, where they really play water polo at a high level, it's not a swimming sport. It's played, <laughs> you know, out of the water. You know, when you very watch physical. the Olympics, it's very physical. You want, obviously, you need some endurance as an athlete in the water, but, you know, they're, those players... You know, they're they're out. They're out of the water. Yeah, you know, their the navels out. their oh, navels are dry. Yeah, <laughs> our water polo players, their shoulders are wet. You know, oh, it's gotcha. it's a little different game. So, you think the out of the water tactics kind of a little more efficient? It's, if you want to win an Olympic gold medal, that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, okay. the way you get. Gotcha. It's kind of you you you're you're up. Interesting. Yeah, you're up. We got to get some water polo coaches in here. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to get water polo and synchronized I'm, in here. I'm also. uneducated. Talking about dragging people away from swimming. Yeah. But, it's a water sport. It's it is a water sport. And, it, it is a, and it's a great sport. Yeah. I, I loved playing. I enjoyed coaching it for five years. Um, but I like swimming better. Oh, okay. Now, where did you coach the water polo? Milford. Milford? Okay. Okay. Now, I've, I've, I've been to that pool. Um, now, you told me the story. I'm, I'm going to butcher here because you told me the story. It's been a few weeks. I was at your house about Jose somehow got a bug for water polo, and he dragged some of his friends to California with him. Is that correct? Yes. You f- think it better than I just did. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 like I said, I mean, when he was playing polo, they did not have any specific camp locally. Uh, so he wanted to improve his skills and his teammates' skills during the summer. Hmm. So that's when he talked to a couple of his friends, and four of them ended up going to the Wolf Wego camp in Santa Barbara in California and I mean he came back thinking that was the best summer he spent in his life so it's all about the experience and really being able to play polo and that's when he started doing a lot of backhands 
and I remember when he was playing, um, the girls pretty much made a chant for him, like, ole ole, Jose, because, I mean, they they weren't seeing, um, they were seeing backhands left and right. Like, everything was a backhand for him. So once he learned something, he wanted to use it all the time. So essentially, it was a highlight in his life, and he really enjoyed going to California. And that's precisely what we want to bring here, is create that kind of... Uh, um, clinic and camps and type of I mean and now there are plenty I mean now they the Marlins bring uh, an Olympian coach Genai I think or Genai uh, we bring uh, Tony Acevedo so now there is a there used to be the Ohio water polo camp uh, run by by the Jones uh, brothers so there is a lot of, of, of growth in water polo moose I mean is growing as well so I think, I mean, because of all that we've been doing and everybody's showing interest, we've been able to work together and grow the sport. Mm -hmm. I think your clinics are helping to grow the sport. Every, every, every effort. So yes. we encourage everybody to really, I mean, help in any way they can. Now I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm expressing my ignorance on water polo, so please be tolerant with me, everybody. Um, has it expanded outside of Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, and the surrounding Midwestern area? Is it growing there? Does anyone know? Um, I, I, not on the not on the high school okay. level for sure, um, but almost every state I would think ha has some sort of club. Yes, even Tennessee. I mean, like we run the Jose Seria Memorial Tournament every year, and that's run by Nick Helwig. And where is uh, that? That's that's just a tournament where we bring out of state teams and those are club teams so i would say michigan chicago st louis atlanta uh, columbus tennessee um, all those club teams come and play for a weekend here in cincinnati and it's an opportunity for the kids to play out of state kids and where, where is that tournament held typically is held at the princeton pool okay. princeton high school i think this year nick helwig will move it back to uc okay now is that a tournament yes oh okay so, so so you have the brackets, and pretty much, I mean, you're competing. So for you mentioned a lot of states there, so it is growing. At least we're trying to bring right. that type of competition here, which in the, in the past it was more like you were playing also the same right. kids the same from the different schools. Exactly. all the time. That's, right. It, when it was small sport. It's definitely growing in, in the state of Ohio. Okay. I mean, I, when I played, there were 10, 10 guys teams um, in no clubs, no clubs at all. That was back in the Stone Age, but uh, that that's what it was. Okay. Now, Tied in the Stone Age? <laughs> <laughs> there were actually quite a few teams when I was in high school. Now, quite a few is still, you know, a, a relatively small number compared to, a, you know, a, a sanctioned sport. But it's just, it's, it's like we talked about swimming earlier. The infrastructure and the tradition, they're not there. You know, so you don't have a lot of swim coaches that oh yeah i played water polo or you don't have a lot of background there you know i know when i started at saint x back in 1988 I, I tried to get a club water polo team and the school wouldn't allow it and then as i got older and my life moved on i you know i'm saying i lost the enthusiasm for the sport because i love the sport but i was more focused on swimming only and um you know there just wasn't you know, there just weren't a lot of coaches. There weren't a lot of people interested in starting teams. 
Yeah, nearly 43,000 high school athletes played water polo in the 2016-17 school year, the most ever among states that officially sanctioned the sport, according to the NFHS. Okay. So. Mm. Now, just to let everybody know how big swimming here is in southwest Ohio, I did a count once. I think there's over 200 high school teams. Now, that includes teams like mine where I have one boy and five <laughs> girls. But still, there's over 200 teams in the southwest Ohio alone, which uh, uh, it's always been – I know Jonathan swam in the southwest Ohio district – both D1 and then D, D2, then D1. Now, uh, I've always asked coaches when they come in here uh, to consider to, to weigh it. Is it a blessing or a curse? Because you've got such great competition, but you also have such great competition. So what do you, what do you think? Uh, you, you can even throw this as a swimmer. Uh, I, I mean, I think the competition's great. It, it, it makes... I mean, it makes everybody better. Oh, it make, Yeah, it definitely elevates everybody. Um, swimmers, coaches, I mean... Everyone's trying to, especially in, when you're talking high school swimming, uh, you know they're trying to get to districts or from districts in the state. And I think the the higher level the competition is here, that that plays a big part as to why we do so well at the state meet. Now, um, I, I, I want to point I want to point out that uh, um, the coach Brower brought this up. If you were to look at the state qualifiers every year from the, and there's 24 D1, 24 well girls and boys, they double those numbers. But I would bet half, maybe, from Southwest Ohio, or am I shooting high, Coach? Well, i got to be careful what I say, but I think if you look year to year... You take half of yourself with your high school team. Well, but that's, you know... <laughs> Ohio is a good swimming state, yeah. you know, and, um, I, you know, I, I'm not going to offend anyone by saying that, you know, Southwest Ohio has, has had the lion's share of state qualifiers if you go district by district. I'm offended by your unwillingness to offend people. So <laughs> you're always going to offend someone. Well, that's fine. But the reality, I mean, you, you can check the numbers. Right, it's, it's, right. it's uh, you know, it's I remember days when we would go up and yeah. they would do the state warm-up by district. And oh. you, it was like a salmon run when our district got the pool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, it wasn't quite as crowded. That doesn't seem <laughs> like a fair way to be breaking they, that up. They don't do it that way anymore. Yeah. But, um, no, I have all the respect in the world for the competition around the state. Well, and, and Northeast but, and Central uh, are starting to, I mean, they're starting yeah. to elevate yeah. their, uh, you know, their status. Nice. At, and, and I think, and I think that's, Columbus especially. You know, um, ever since Ohio State built a new pool, they've right. they've got that you know anchor now up there where they've really come a long way in Columbus in my thirty years. Yeah, you know, okay. it used to be, you know, maybe you had the Upper Arlington team and some other teams, but now it's you know there's a lot of really good swimmers spread out around. Yeah. So everybody's area. raising. Yeah, raising the bar. Where do you think uh, Ohio stands compared to a lot of the other states? Uh, Not year to in, year out. set you it's, up again. Yeah, one of the top five or six states. Mm-hmm. You know, Pennsylvania's fairly strong. Florida is always strong. California dominates by size. Texas by size. Right. But I, I always say per capita. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the population of Ohio, and maybe just focus on Southwest Ohio mm-hmm. per capita. This is a, this is a hotbed. Yeah, this pound is for one pound. Of the best swimming. Might be the better one. Areas in the country, no doubt. Definitely. Now, um, guess if you have any final comments you would like to make, I'm going to hold you off to the last man. <laughs> Coach Brower, any final comments you'd like to make? It could be as broad as you want about Ohio swimming, about the Jose Serta Foundation, about Jose Serta himself, anything. 
I I just I want to give a shout out to uh, you know to what Luis has done. I mean, her enthusiasm and spirit. I mean, I again, people come. Rowdy Gaines comes. He 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 travels all over the place. Eddie Reese comes. He, he goes. I mean, it's, and, and for some people, it's just like a token paycheck. You know, it's part of being. You know, they've got to go so many clinics to be on the committee or be, you know, whatever status they are, they all leave inspired. And if you want to be inspired, go to the gala. If you yep. want to be inspired, go to the clinic. Definitely. Coach Todd, any last final comments? Um, you know, I got involved. I did not know Jose. Um, and so my involvement is, is just from my relationship with Luisa. And uh, if you ever... Like Coach Brower said, you you hear her talk, and and it's such so, so much passion that she has for uh, trying to give back to everybody um, through Jose's memory, and that's one of the reasons I I continue to help with the clinics uh, year to year. I would highly recommend, no matter what team you're with, if you want to to come to those clinics because they're great. Um, and she does a wonderful job, puts so much time and effort into bringing in high-level uh, high athletes for the, for the uh, kids in this area. And so, it, you know, I, I would love to see uh, more participation from um, more, you know, more teams in the area. And I, I would like to add, because this is something I thought about as, as today was getting closer and closer. Um, to not look into this clinic, to not consider it seriously, is a huge mistake. Uh, if you sit down with anyone involved in the sport and don't take something away from that, I don't care if you're an Olympic swimmer, you're gonna learn something from an eight-year-old. And for these young kids to actually get to be with the best of the best, um, they're gonna learn a ton. Coaches are gonna learn a ton. If I was still doing what I did five years ago as a coach, we, we'd get passed by. Things keep changing and evolving and the bar's higher and there's new new things to learn and you'd be amazed at what you learn in the in the most unexpected ways. To go to a clinic like this, I mean, you're really going to take something from it. Nice. John, let me hear final comments from you, sir. Yeah, so I did not know Jose either, but he sounds like he was an incredible young man and it sounds like the foundation is doing some amazing things that are very much living up to and honoring his memory. So thank you for all the things that, you know, you've been doing. Um, so everyone out there listening, make sure you, you know, no pressure, make sure you go contribute. It, it really is a great cause. And I'm sure everyone involved would very much appreciate your support. Uh, real quick, I would also like to do a, a little bit of self-promotion. We'd also really appreciate it if you went over to AxiomNewsNetwork.com. we got tons of new articles, podcasts up there every single day. Um, tons of content you're going to love. We're you know, posting slightly less content over the last few weeks, and we will be over the next few weeks because we're focusing a lot of our energy on some investment and pitch meetings we have coming up in order to try and hopefully grow what we're doing here. So uh, we really do appreciate your support. If you could also go over to Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud to subscribe and leave a review to Southwest Ohio Swimming. We've heard it both ways, the John Prophet Show and Coffee with the Colonel. We would also really appreciate that. Thank you, and thanks for hosting. Louisa? Well, I, I want to... 
uh, say thanks to so many people that I know I'm not going to be able to do it. <laughs> but at least let's start with USA Swimming. Um, it's been a great partnership, and I'm glad you brought up Scott Osher. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the people at USA Swimming, they've been wonderful. We've been partnering with them, and they help us with athletes as well. So a big, big kudos to USA Swimming to support the states. Um, every single state uh, benefits from USA Swimming. So mm -hmm. then Ohio Swimming, um, they sponsor a table every year. We work, I mean, with all the committees. Ohio Swimming is also a great relationship. And if it weren't for that, I think, I mean, we wouldn't be able to achieve the level of results that we've been able to. I want to thank Bill Prophet. Um, <laughs> seriously, I I got to meet him, believe it or not, through a friend of mine, a great uh, swimming coach from Switzerland. He was the one who mentioned to me this podcast. <laughs> and I said, okay, you're listening to this podcast, and I live in Ohio, right. and I don't even... So, We're international. Yes. So he, I mean, um, Nicholas Messer... Um, he made me aware of this, and I believe you guys are making history because you're compiling all the knowledge mm -hmm. from all these people, putting it in there. And he runs pro swimming workouts, and I think he's been very good to this foundation. Everybody, that, I mean, like he donates everything that he can to support this organization. So there's so many people who have made this possible. So many people that that's, this is what makes it so wonderful. Mm -hmm. Swimming is a wonderful community. It's not the sport itself, it's the people. So go out and meet all the people in the swimming community. They've been wonderful to me. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I want to thank my co-host, Jonathan Profit, who co-hosted and provided technical expertise today. I want to thank uh, Coach Jim Brower from St. X High School. It was too modest to say those 31 years. I think he had 31 state championships, but that's okay. I'll throw it. He doesn't modest. have to. He can be He's modest. modest. I want to thank Todd uh, Bilheimer from the Manor Race for coming down also, taking his time. And I definitely want to thank Louisa. Thank I, I, I'm coming to it. I'm, I'm slow. I'm slow. I'm getting there. He's for, old. He's old. I'm old. Louisa Serta for coming down and introducing me to your son. Because we spent, I bet, two hours together once. Uh, no, several weeks ago, and you really did introduce me to your son. I want to thank you for that. Now, next week, we're going to have Army on on Monday. West Point. Oh, yeah, West Point. Yep. Yes. Now, my final thought. Now, first of all, I'm going back up a little bit. I don't mind pressuring you. Go to the Jose Serra Aquatic <laughs> Foundation. Google it. Go to there. Buy a ticket. Even if you're not going to be there. Not gonna, it's a, a donation. Or just donate on or the website. Or donate more. That's fine. More than the $55 ticket. Buy five or six tickets in the form of a check, one lump sum. It's fine. It's going to a great cause, okay? Fine. I don't mind pressuring people. I was in the Army for 29 years. Ah, now, if not my final thoughts, if you're not getting wet, or why is someone else getting wet, then you're not trying hard enough. So I challenge you to find a pool and get wet. This is old Coach Will. Thank you for wishing you a good day. Thank you.